0: Watchers in the fourth dimension. No one goes into
1: the wasteland. They are conditioned to obey. The conditioning
2: may have failed. And don't be so stupid.
0: Hello and welcome back to Watchers in the fourth dimension. I'm Anthony. I'm Don. I'm Julie. And I'm Riley. And Zoe is something of a genius. Of course, it can be very irritating at times. (laughs) This episode, we are discussing a story where a bunch of students defeat their evil overlords with some acid. Pretty standard fare for the 1960s, really. It's the Crotons. (laughs) This story was the first contribution to Doctor Who by writer Robert Holmes, who will go on to be one of the show's absolutely legendary production team members. We're seeing a lot of those come in lately. He will notably become the script editor for three seasons in the mid-70s. He started work on the story, originally titled The Space Trap, in 1965, when he actually pitched it as a standalone science fiction story to the BBC. The BBC's head of serial, Sean Sutton, rejected the story as it wasn't really the type of thing that the BBC were interested in making at the time. But he did suggest that he pitch it to the Doctor Who production office. Holmes pursued this avenue, and while then-story editor Donald Tosh was interested, the scripts fell through when Holmes shifted his focus to work on a show called Private Eye. Fast forward three years, and the scripts were rediscovered. Some sources have it that Holmes found them in his personal files while doing a cleanout. Others claim that assistant script editor Terence Dix found them in the production office files while clearing out a backlog. Regardless of which way this happened, once the scripts were rediscovered, it was decided to pick them back up in case of any of the other storylines in the works falling through. Terence Dix was assigned to work with Holmes as part of Dix's training to be the next full-time script editor. Thankfully for Holmes, other stories falling through is exactly what happened. Two of them, in fact. The first was a story called The Dream Spinner to be written by Paul Wheeler, which was followed in quick succession by The Prison in Space by Dick Sharples. While not a lot is known about the former, the latter was meant to be a rather comedic story that went as far as pre-production to the point where Bobby Bartlett had actually designed costumes for the serial. However, it faced issues after both the production team and assigned director David Maloney, who had previously directed The Mind Robber, were unsatisfied with the scripts, and Sharples balked at the notion of rewriting them. This was after He had originally written them with Jamie, then he had to rewrite them to write Jamie out and then was asked to rewrite them again to keep Jamie back in. So he was like, "Mm, no, not doing this a third time. Thank you. As a result, Maloney was given the scripts for The Space Trap. While he wasn't particularly impressed with this story either, he did feel that it was in good enough shape to go in front of the cameras and was promptly renamed to The Crotons. This was also the first story to benefit from a new recording schedule, with all pre-filming taking place in a single week, meaning that sets would only have to be assembled once, which created several efficiencies for the crew. Joining Holmes, Maloney, and Bartlett in the creative crew, we have designer Ray London returning to the show, and he had previously worked on the War Machines. With only ambient sounds being utilized, no composer was assigned to this story. We move into our short summary, which is in the capable hands of Don this time.
1: The Doctor and crew arrive at the City of the Gons, where almost everyone dresses alike and has the same last name, except one of whom wears who suspiciously familiar Welsh teeth, Every so often, their best minds, apparently including the composer for this episode, are taken to become companions of the mysterious Crotons. Just kidding. They're draining the mental energy of the best and brightest before completely vaporizing them, leaving them gone without a trace, you might say. <laughs> Naturally, the doctor and company, yeah, they gotta stop this. Along the way, Jamie gets into a filler-tastic fight with Toby Oak's future manager, the doctor teaches chemistry, and Zoe gets the highest grade ever
0: while wearing a delightfully shiny new outfit. Thank you, Don Gond. <laughs> let's talk about it then i really like how this one starts out actually despite my starting sigh it, it's a nice little bit of mystery starting out with a selection for something everyone seems happy for the two except for one homie and he's like there's something weird going on here obviously that sets the scene and that quick pace i think we'll see a lot more of as we move into the the Terence Dix and then robert holmes eras one of the
3: best parts is no slow build up, and we kind of trudge along straight into it. Like, you know exactly everything you need to know of what the doctor and the companions are going to face in the first few minutes before you even see the doctor and the companions. And I exactly. think that's just a, a, ref, a refreshing change compared to, all right, they fall out of the TARDIS. Let's look around. We still know what's going on.
2: I like that aspect of it. I like some of the shots that were done through all that, especially when they're like going off to the crotons and the door opens up and there was that lighting that was going on. It was kind of like a spectacle with the shiny robes with the 90s shoulder pads.
1: They're really big into shoulder pads, aren't they?
2: Really are. But yes, it was something that I noticed was... That they put a spectacle around it, and I thought it was well shot.
0: That said, the model work when we see the city is just, it's not good. It's not at the standard <laughs> we've come to expect. I laughed,
1: of- and I felt bad about it, because I don't like <laughs> to make fun of the effects or the model work, but when it popped, I'm like, really? That's thats it? That's what you got, guys?
2: It's funny, because we'll get to some, you know, later on in the episode, that some of the model work was good. Well, not model but some of the effects were good. Mm-hmm. So it's like a mix of some really good and some really bad
0: Where I struggle is I've done a good job at not comparing model effects from the 60s to model effects and and CGI Mm -hmm. from now But when the city in particular in this case When it looks bad in comparison to other model work in the Doctor Who stories around this That's a problem Or from the first season Or from the first season
2: That is true the yeah. city in the in the Daleks was much better than, mm-hmm. than this one. Oh,
0: absolutely. I mean, I think this story was kind of done on the cheap, to be honest.
2: And I think it's a story that can be done on the cheap, to be honest. Yes,
0: yeah. mm-hmm. that's fair. It could have been done on the cheap better. <laughs> <laughs> Once the TARDIS crew get there and they're talking about everything smelling of sulfur, was it just me or, or was I reading a fart joke into that?
2: That was you. That,
0: that
1: was just, wasn't yeah, just, that you. Was just you? I uh-huh. don't know if it was intended, but, well, let's face it, I'm five. So, yes, that's what I got out of it as well.
2: Okay, so if you're men, it was a fart joke. Great. Hey, Moving don't, me, don't yes. lump me
0: in with them. I didn't think that. <laughs> <laughs> if you're men lacking in, in maturity, it was a fart joke.
2: Next on my list, Zoe's outfit is great. I mean, I don't want to be that person that says the skirt is too short, but Dear God, whenever they're exploring new places, wear something you, practical. It
1: nearly explored new places. <laughs>
2: <Yes>. <laughs> but her little jacket that went along with the skirt was so good.
1: Coordinated, too. Same pattern.
0: It looked like it was made from PVC.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, it did. <laughs> okay. A bit fetish-tastic, but cool. Let's talk about the moment I know Julie is dying to. Jamie getting into a fight and not even taking a weapon.
2: Oh, man, that made me so happy. Jamie, you really should have taken a weapon with you, but I get it. You have to show off. That's what Jamie does. But at least he did it well.
1: At least he won.
2: Jamie is the best.
3: (laughs) Was anyone else expecting that when they got to the point of the fight where he was holding on holding on to the man's arm that had the hammer in it and they were like really just face to face that he was going to do the old soccer uh, Scottish soccer hooligan bit and like headbutt him like right there?
0: I was shocked he didn't. yeah. Jamie's just too nice to do that,
1: even Mm -hmm. when in a fight. I did rather enjoy the fact that they're having this fight, and meanwhile, behind them, the thing they came to stop is just sort of going on.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, the whole... I was anticipating everyone stopping and, like, turning around to this fight, but no.
0: Nope, no one cares. (laughs) It's almost like this commotion with the Doctor and Co Mm -hmm. was almost scripted to happen in, like, an antechamber or something, and for budgetary (laughs) reasons, that didn't happen. Oh. I think Robert Holmes tried here.
2: Mm-hmm. And we go to rescue Vanna. Yay! Uh, the doctor has a really fun line of, I'm not a doctor of medicine. Mm-hmm. Thank you. On occasion, he's pretended to be a doctor of medicine.
0: He has. Once we start meeting the Gons, we get a, a little bit of backstory. It's almost, but not quite an exposition dump about the Crotons always taking the two best students. Um, we, as the audience, know that they destroy them at this point because we've seen what happened to the first chap who I don't even remember if we learned his name and if we did then it didn't stick because his name was Abu Abu yes difficult to care when you only see him for about 20 seconds on screen
1: one thing I I didn't like that I felt just could have been cut entirely was that whole thing about we're not even sure if they exist they talk to certain people in your society yeah you've been doing this whole thing I'm pretty sure you know they're real. They're they're not like the Macra. Come on. There's no reason for that. (laughs)
0: They decimated the world, you Mm -hmm. know, with the poison rain. Only two of them.
2: (laughs) I think it's more of the matter of since they're never seen, believing isn't seeing, seeing is believing that whole kind of trope, not even trope, but that whole saying and and things of that nature. And obviously the young upstarts are going to question things and wonder why are we doing this? So it's not the best, but I could take it or leave it.
1: It just seemed rather clumsy. If that's the way you're mm-hmm. going to do it, lean into it more. And I think a, an interesting variation on this story would be that they died a long time ago. Right. But yeah, they're yeah. sending their people in, and it's just sort of this ritual of killing off their best and brightest.
3: Or or just that the crotons were or organic life forms. They set up with amazing technology, they set up this program system, and. They're all dead, but the system is just on autopilot. Mm-hmm. So it's just gonna keep doing those. I mean, that was something I mean you think you're right, Don. I mean, I think that the potential here and the premise at the very beginning is quite good. Now, maybe it's because I really like Star Trek the original series, because I feel like this premise has been done in two or three different variations there. And I can think of two off the top of my head. One is the one about, you know, the the violent time or whatever, uh, and you find out that it's the whole basically the whole concept of so this society has been formed and ruled over by a distant, mysterious force, which you find out is a computer, mm-hmm. or an alien computer, or an ancient alien, and one or the other. It's just, and it's a, it's a good premise, but you're right. They seem to be very clumsy with it. Like, are we going to do the whole, are they real? Or are they not real? Is this just remnants? No, they're real. Of course they are. We We already covered that. Yeah. We don't know. It's like they don't know what they want to derive from that mystery because they immediately resolve it (laughs) in so many ways it doesn't build up tension but it's a good setup it's a cliche setup it's a good setup maybe not cliche for doctor who because it's you know around the same time as star trek the original series but you know
0: interestingly robert holmes basically does a variation on this for his very last full story for the show in like 20 years time
3: he trying to perfect what he was trying to do here Had some time
0: to tweak it that's good yeah (laughs) that's good (laughs) <laughs> Basically,
3: uh, I mean, getting back to it, like as we were, you know, as the story really, you know, hammers in, like who are the Crotons? What are they all about? We don't know. It's this mystery. I started to get this very horrible feeling <coughs> deep down inside that as the episodes progress, we were going to get to a reveal where, guess what? It's the Cybermen again. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, God! The Especially Silver Men? There
2: was, yes, <laughs> the Silver Men was mentioned and I was like, oh no, 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 no.
0: <laughs> Two Cybermen stories in a row would be a bit much.
2: But I Just wouldn't put it past them because that's what they tend to do.
0: That's that's, that's true. true. Let's talk about how quickly this story moves because it seems like we move into armed revolution within, <laughs> I don't know, minutes. For people that have been
1: enslaved for a thousand years, they are a little bit lacking in patience.
3: Hey, compare them to the alien race of the Dominators. They were free and they just wanted to sit around
0: and talk about things for a while. Here they're like, what? Smash, smash, (laughs) smash. What I like here is this was almost, I feel, very topical. At the time, Paris and France had been through a summer of basically student riots. Violence in the streets. You saw the police out in force the military were called in and it was all instigated by a group of students which is fundamentally what gons are in this i kind of really like how topical that is and i think that's something that's not really given credit uh, for in this story and yet none of them were curious enough to actually check on the
1: quote-unquote wasteland apparently not i i just have a difficult time imagining how gone society has worked at this point
2: Well, I think one, because they have those teaching machines, they're only taught certain things. And so they don't know enough about science in the outside world to know if at some point that world could be safe to be in again. That's probably the very basics of why they don't go out into the wasteland. And two, I actually think that one of the reasons why they didn't really rise up too much is I think they always had individuals who did. But then when we add the TARDIS crew in and they're this outlying factor who comes in and says, yeah, you're probably doing things wrong. That's the catalyst that drives those individuals who are thinking of revolution to actually turn key and actually.
3: I dig it. I think that's fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair.
2: (laughs) So that's my soapbox.
3: And also considering that the main problem or the main antagonizing that the Crotons do, the Gons is the occasional, you know, culling of two of them every now and then, which, you know, and if a large enough population, you know, it's, you know, oh, it's not going to affect me. It's only until it affects people personally that they usually get motivated. So maybe it was all kind of underneath for a while. And then the
1: outside, until the outside agitators show up. They almost treat it like a reward. Yeah. Yeah. It's a high honor. And I think if if the crotons themselves had maybe done a bit more with that rather than you know sort of a bit more psychological manipulation that would have been very yep. interesting to me <laughs> it's
3: it's, it's yep. the it's the sci-fi equivalent of a police department putting out like you've won a free boat to 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 felons <laughs> to people that have warrants out for them <laughs> come on by pick up your free boat over here <laughs>
2: As I sit there kind of thinking about the lottery, I don't know if y'all yeah. read that. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yes. That's, yes.
2: That's the kind of feel that I got in this one was, oh, hey, it's this great honor, blah, blah, blah. And then it happens to you and it's like, no, this is the worst thing that can happen.
1: I also kind of wish they had actually portrayed the Gons as being just a little bit dumber since the Crotons <laughs> have been there for a thousand years. <laughs> trying to drain mental energy to do their thing it, yeah. it just would have yes. been funnier if if the the gods were just complete idiots the whole time
3: well i th- i think it's because you're thinking about the the morlock and the Eloy from the time machine a little bit a little bit
0: you know yeah as mentioned we move into this this revolution very 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 quickly and i kind of love it it's it's almost luddite in nature with uh, gone smashing up machines and the like. I, I think that's bluntly rather fun.
2: Yeah, I, I said it, wrecking machines must be very rewarding.
0: I certainly like, feel like that's about my laptop some days.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. We do all this wrecking and things are getting destroyed and then all of a sudden the Krotons speak out. What I really liked was that the fact that we went with a new mechanical voice. <laughs> it is yeah. completely different from Cybermen and some of the other robotic voices that we've had in the past. And I was like, thank you.
0: It's also an interesting accent.
2: Well, the accent's a whole different story, but at least it's new.
0: (laughs) I think the accent was very deliberate. It's a South African accent, which at the time was an accent of oppression because of apartheid. So they're immediately basically linking this with something that was a very hot topic of the time. I I think that's a really nice little bit of social commentary from Holmes and something he'll become quite well known for.
2: That makes it a little bit better. Thank you, Anthony.
0: You're welcome. See, that this is that's the perspective of Anthony and his English
3: education. <laughs> While us in America, when we learn about events from the 60s, we only keep it to stuff happening to United States overseas and to the United States inside the United States. South Africa, we didn't know about that to the 1980s. Here Yeah, that America, was kind of really. our fault.
0: So, you know. <laughs> yeah.
2: Then they send out the camera on the like the snake-like arm. And I actually think that they did a really good job with that.
0: I really wish
1: that had been the Croton. If they had just been these weird, completely inhuman-looking snake-like things.
2: What I originally thought was I thought that the Croton was the whole machine itself. Mm-hmm. And I thought that would have been interesting, because then like, I wouldn't think of that snake thing as necessarily the Croton, but as an appendage yeah. of it, so to speak. Yeah, I think that would have been really
0: cool. So what was the whole thing called? Was it the Was it the Dynotrope? Yes. I agree. It would have been cool if it had all been... One,
2: But yeah, I did like how they did the snake camera thing. I just thought that the effects that they used were cool. The fact that they went with different camera angles. I think the direction uh, that was done, camera angles that were done were really, really good in this serial.
0: Yeah, I think David Maloney was a very capable director. And that does lead us into our first cliffhanger, episode two, guys.
3: We're a couple episodes of this loss and then found because... I noticed a tremendous change in the resolution and the image quality going from one to two, and it carried over into three. I looked over it, and I'm wondering if, do you, does anyone have any information of how this episode was recovered? Was it lost at any time? I know the first episode,
1: they had a 35 millimeter print. And this is, let me guess, kinescope? Yeah, and I think the rest of them were all 16 millimeter. I know that the third one was pretty blurry in spots.
3: Definitely better looking in the first one, but it's just it's it's a jarring change going from one to two like that.
1: Speaking of poor resolution, I think the Crotons really need to upgrade their digital camera system. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> Very. <big. laughs> I
2: was kind of sad because at first I thought it was that they knew who the doctor was outside of the story, but then I then obviously I figured out that no, they just identified him as the smart one. they needed to to get back so i just was kind of sad that it wasn't a they knew who the doctor was from the
1: yeah that would have been fun but no he's just a high brain high brain then they had their their dumb (laughs) programming if i cover my face it won't know it's me even though it just (laughs) saw me and if some idiot attacks it it'll kill him and then it'll think it's done it has the object permanence of a
0: newborn child that's how advanced (laughs) this technology is I mean, give them a break. They've been there for like a thousand years. I mean, the, the programming's probably deteriorating. They've had in that
1: plenty time. of time to work on it.
3: Anthony made a good point. That would have added a new little twist to it. Like, they're not just technologically advanced, but they're like, like, it's decrepit. Like, they're still so advanced, but you can see their stuff is falling apart. That would have been interesting. That would have added a, a twist to it.
1: They're not absorbing the intelligence of the gods, they're absorbing their stupidity. <laughs> they're getting dumber. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: I love that. And eventually yeah. they can never take off at all cuz it's
0: <laughs> <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> Don for script editor.
2: So we're going to rewrite this and then we're going to perform it, right?
0: Yes. It's only four episodes, I think we could do it. Perfect. Our very own watches <laughs> in the fourth dimension <laughs> audio drama. Uh,
2: oh man, does this mean I have to be Zoe and wear a very really short skirt?
0: I mean, it's audio, but you can wear a short skirt if you really want (laughs) to. I think she wanted to film it. I think there's only
3: four sets in the entire serial, maybe five. That's not too hard to find.
0: Yeah. Find find a warehouse. You could do, you know, that's one right there. Speaking of sets, before we move too far along, this story features two quarries. So that's a plus (laughs) two on the quarry count.
2: We leave the hall and they're trying to figure out some sort of new plan of attack and everything. and. They're reconvening elsewhere. Jamie gets separated from the doctor and Zoe.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, he does. Because so That's how these stories work. Poor Jamie.
2: I do like Zoe's comment of, I won't let him do anything rash. <laughs>
1: oh. so Jamie gets nursing <laughs> duty. That does lead into into the scene where Zoe decides to take the test because she's bored. I yeah. really liked her acting after the doctor pulls her out of it she does seem kind of brainwashed and just a little bit odd. Mhm. I thought that was pretty cool.
3: I swear for a second when I, I happened to look away when I heard the the snap sound, I'm like, did he slap her in the face? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Much as I'm sad that Jamie, I don't want to say gets written out, but he his part is diminished in this story. We don't get a lot of Patrick troughton and Wendy Padbury as a double act, and they are a delight. True. Yes. It's a very different dynamic, but I it's one I really, really enjoyed watching this story.
3: It especially comes out when the doctor realizes, like, well, they just called her. Zogon is about to get called <laughs> you know, up for the price for the price is right. So he has oh. to hurry up and try to beat the puzzle. And then that slight competitiveness between them as he's having problems, it's kinda like you know, a scene of watching a teenage girl try to tell her grandfather how to sign on to the internet or something. Like because you can see how he's getting flustered and he didn't know what was going on a bit. It was enjoyable, and I do like that premise of the Crotons creating these tests that are appear benign but are actually used to pull people away and s- done for selection. I it reminds me of the Last Starfighter a little bit, just a lot darker, not not
0: <laughs> not upbeat and heroic. <laughs> it it is quite a a cool concept, and it does of course lead to that line that you opened with, Riley, around, you know, Zoe's somewhat of a genius and very irritating at times.
3: <laughs> it was a great delivery. I'm, you know, Troughton nails it. Me, not so much, but, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the the futuristic kind of, like, circular math equation puzzle. Like, it didn't just look like gobbledygook. If I would have studied it more, maybe it could could have made some sort of sense to me. But I liked the that animation around it. I thought that looked good. Yeah, it was you know, well done. It, it mm-hmm. Made you think about that, yeah.
2: Yep, I really enjoyed that.
3: A Croton video game. Yeah.
2: And then we pan over to Jamie. First off, it takes Jamie a long time to like actually give the pills that the doctor would give to Vanna. Like, I was just like, come on! It, she's been awake for like five minutes. Give her the pills. What are you doing? But we do... F- Find out that something weird is going on in there. And so, of course, you know, Jamie's like, I need to do something about that.
3: And his reaction, I felt like maybe it would have been too melodramatic, but I feel like there could have been an opportunity for Jamie to like show maybe not just the, I have to get in there. I have to follow after him. I got to get in there, like maybe show a little bit more of emotion. Like, So they were together and decided to go into this incredibly dangerous place without me. And they could have just, they could be killed and I could just be stuck here for all I know. Like there's a chance there for them to show him to have more emotion or or some sort of reaction of seeing that.
2: I mean, he did have a reaction to it. It wasn't very long. It was mainly just a one shot that they had of his face. So he did have at least an initial reaction, but Jamie is a very quick-minded person. So his reaction was he felt, not even sad, but he was just kind of like astounded or something of the, along those lines. But then immediately, Jamie's a man of action. So he's like, all right, no, I'm going to go and help them.
0: Oh, Jamie. Oh, yeah. Jamie.
2: He doesn't always think, which is the whole premise of him being in there is him not thinking. Oh, boy.
0: oh, oh you mean of
3: him not being called in to go into the Crotons is because he's not thinking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Since they want thinkers. Anyway. Let's talk about what happens with the Doctor and Zoe once they're in. I really love the effects of what the crotons are doing to them. The The way that that's directed, lots of close-ups, flashing lights, the use of the kind of fisheye lens. I thought that was incredibly effective. David Maloney did a great job on that.
2: It actually lent like, a, an actual sense of danger to it more than the plot itself does. Like If I were going based on plot, I'd just be like, eh, whatever. But the effects, I think, really help this move along and actually make you feel that the Doctor and Zoe are in some sort of trouble.
0: And it's a great way to make up for zero budget. Yeah. <laughs> you see it again in David Maloney's work, particularly when he goes on to direct Blake's seven stories. You see a lot of the same kind of effects. It's a really, really effective way to do this.
2: Who knew you could do so much with practical effects and not with like CGI or something along yeah. those lines?
0: <laughs> so we also see that bubbling fish tank, which contains a a primeval soup, which contains some some crotons. Yeah. That was- yeah. I at this point that that seems like a very deliberate joke.
2: It. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of my least favorite parts of this whole thing was this primeval soup thing that they get energy out of and they have hooked up to them. It was just weird.
1: Yeah. I don't don't really like the design of the crotons. I like the idea that they're these crystal-based creatures. That's cool,
0: but they look like just crappy robots with kind of weird heads. Here's what David Maloney said about their design. I remember clearly the monster being an original sketch of the costume designer and not at all what Robert Holmes had expected. He wasn't too pleased with the final result, and neither was I. It's one of the things that led me to just go, oh, really? Because once they showed up in the,
1: well, not flesh, but you know what I mean, like, oh, (laughs) okay.
0: Wow. Yeah. You're making the quirks look good here. Why? I do like the fact that the crystal on top rotates. That was that was neat, but you otherwise know. yeah, I'm I'm with you, Don. Yeah. Not very well realized and I think it's telling that Bobby Bartlett doesn't last much longer on the show.
2: Especially when you have such other good effects that the main villain is just not appealing.
1: Yeah, like I said, stick with the weird snake creature or keep it kind of mysterious.
0: But once you pull this thing out and it's right directly in front of the camera, never mind. Moving on a bit, as soon as the Doctor and Zoe escape, we get Jamie getting in and the Croton's basically capturing him, thinking he's going to have the same high brain as the Doctor and Zoe (laughs) before realizing (sighs) no and uh, the power will kill him. Never mind. Cliffhanger.
2: It made me so sad.
0: Episode three. Let's go.
2: What I love about episode three is the fact that the whole time they crotons have this premise that jamie is a low brain and yet jamie time and time again actually shows that he is smart just not in the academic programmed smart he's the oh well you have me captured here i'm going to get you to talk to me and tell me all of your plans and then i'm going to get away because that's what i do and so I really enjoyed that. The whole episode was them saying, oh, he's so dumb. And then he does smart things and he eventually gets out.
1: I don't quite see how the crotons are, are measuring like what they actually need from a brain. <laughs> That's why I'm like, well, could you just make the gods a bit more obviously stupid? Because yeah. while, while Jamie doesn't have, he's not a genius. He's smart. He's clever. He gets stuff done. So what exactly, do they just
0: need someone that knows calculus to somehow make this thing run? What? <laughs> and, and yet, despite their words to Jamie, you have no value. You have George. no value. I mean, if someone told me that in my annual review, I'd be pretty upset. <sighs> and called you a primitive. I mean, that's happened yep. before.
2: <laughs> I'm sure Jamie got called primitive by the Brits back during the Battle of Culloden. So you know what? He's probably used to that as well.
0: We also start getting the more political element with the guns in this episode pretty quickly with Philip Maddox, Elak, basically trying to seize power.
2: It just seems so odd, especially it all happened like off camera. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Oh, hey, we had we had a meeting and everyone voted. Well, (laughs) not everyone voted because I didn't even know you were having a vote.
0: You will no longer obey Selris. You will obey Uh... me. It's like when oh, they lag. when they rescued the scientist and in the
1: invasion, everything just happens off and camera
2: My favorite too, was that they're like this this is an elected position. this is passed down father to son
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's replacing replacing a monarchy with the dictatorship pretty much. Oh, that said, Philip Maddock is wonderful because he always is. I'm not going to complain about you like, too much, even if him seizing power does come out of nowhere.
3: I just wish that those scenes would have a little bit more. They just feel like they're arguments without any like real discussion of the issues at hand or like the motivations of these people. Should we fight the Crotons? Should we follow the Crotons? It's just, it just seems like people just bickering with each other without any like. Any depth, and I feel like there's a potential there because that's just something in human nature. There's some, I mean, it's like the the matrix concept of some people would rather live comfortably knowing that their life is a lie and they're being like used. Some people would rather be free and have the truth no matter what at any cost. And that could be discussed more in here, but it's not. They just
2: just bicker at each other. It wasn't part of the learning machines.
3: (laughs) Oh, right. Yes. (laughs) ethics was not part of the learning machine the thing is they they
1: agree (laughs) they're like okay we need to get rid of the crotons their fundamental disagreement is on how to do it and if they should wait to give the scientist guy time to develop new weapons even though when they're talking about how their ancestors were primitive and had like sticks and the most advanced weapon we've seen
0: them have is an axe stick with a piece of metal on it right Don, I I don't disagree, but there there is a scene in there where it's mentioned that Elek has long had ambitions of power, and he looks genuinely delighted over having taken control. I think there's... I agree, but he doesn't seem evil. He seems a bit opportunistic. Yeah, well, which I I think fundamentally is more realistic. I think, you Mm -hmm. know, if you're going to see someone seize power, yes, there are going to be times when it is someone who is inherently evil, but equally it is also. Also, a good chance of someone just being opportunistic and taking power for the sake of taking power. Mm-hmm. I think there's a and lot of commentary on human nature here.
2: Now, if they wanted to extend this out, you could have had him be more of a villain, but then that would have added episodes, and we don't want that to drag on. No. Um, so it's something that I don't think was necessary to explore.
0: Yeah.
1: No. I mean, you. they didn't even give him a come up, it's on screen. Just some guy at the end saying, Yeah, I'll take care of him later. I will take back my hereditary position.
2: I want to go back, because like this, this whole episode goes back and forth between the Crotons and Jamie and everyone else. And I wrote down a question, and who creates a machine that requires high brain power, and why is that important?
0: So the plot can happen? <laughs> uh, yeah. Good and, question, Julie.
2: <laughs> it just seemed... <laughs>
1: I'm sure okay, they answer that later on in all of the other appearances of the Crotons throughout Doctor Who, because they're such a wonderfully realized villain.
0: They they've been brought back in expanded media. Oh, Big doesn't times. count. No, stop. They they <laughs> did it in the novels. In um a novel. Is it on alien TV? Bodies. Is it on TV? <laughs> and fuck off! It doesn't count. <laughs> Actually, really good in that novel though that's uh, the tragic thing spare they me are,
1: your fan fiction they are made really good
2: okay you guys
1: so- it's really good i swear
2: <laughs> so what's nice is that jamie gets all the exposition of why the crotons are doing what they're doing by the whole time he's doing that i'm like jamie you're doing such a good job sweetie he's doing so good in finding out all this information i mean he does get hit over the head knocked out for a little bit but he wakes back up and he keeps going.
0: The Crotons keep talking about killing him and never seem to get round to it.
2: The exact opposite of the Dominators.
0: <laughs> the
1: Dalek method.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's of no use to us. We will kill him. Okay. <laughs>
1: Oddly enough, they have the same problem as the Dominators, but it's only in like the last episode that they realize it. Oh, we can't we can't kill them. We need the power for our ship. But what have you been doing this whole time? <laughs> What is the trend? How much mental power do they get from sucking their brains versus how much power it takes to disintegrate them?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. How much power does it take to suck their brains? It's a chicken and the egg question. If their
3: ship requires other brains in order to take off, then how did they leave the planet Croton in the first place? They had four. They they had
1: four Crotons on board. Oh, right. This is a Uh. bad design. It's like if I get in my car and it drains my blood as fuel. Uh,
0: yeah. Cool concept. Um, not well realized.
2: And this whole time, the doctor and Zoe don't know what's going on with Jamie.
0: Yeah, no clue. Because they just abandoned him
1: to, hey, give her these pills whenever she wakes up. We're going to go have
0: our little adventure. So it did give us some nice Doctor and Zoe moments, but yeah. That's true.
1: That's true. We also get when, when they have the one blind Croton being guided, I really like the shots that they were using as they went around one of our quarries. It actually yes. kind of reminded me of a few shots that showed up in Star Wars. Do you want to elaborate on that? Um, it, it's, on, it's on Tatooine uh, when R2 is looking around in yet another uh, quarry. Just a little bit of that.
0: yeah, (laughs) I know exactly what you mean. I I didn't make that link, but yeah, I see it. And then we get the the Crotons trying to destroy the TARDIS. And also they had that same lack of
1: permanence once the one Croton was distracted and the guy couldn't see.
0: We get the first ever mention of the HADS, or Hostile Action Dematerialization System, which is totally forgotten about until the Matt Smith era. Never mentioned again until Mark Gatus decides to bring it back in Cold War. Huh. I guess why wouldn't he? Yeah, why not? Let's just yeah. bring something extremely obscure from the Trout's era back.
2: Why not? They've brought worse things back. I mean, I still question why they brought the Ice Warriors back, but, you in know. In the what? same story. <laughs> uh, you know, it's all fine. Everything is fine.
0: <laughs> Everything uh, is awesome. <laughs>
2: We get the heads. That was kind of cool. I did like that. Sad to hear that it doesn't make its way back, because it's a cool thing to know. And then, they're trying to destroy the pillars underneath the machine?
0: Yes. Yeah, they want it to collapse. Doesn't work so well. Bad ending for the Doctor.
1: Yes, he gets hit by several large chunks of foam.
0: (laughs) (sighs) Uh, They had their best polystyrene carvers making those for weeks, Don, at the BBC.
1: Let me tell you, that stuff gets in your hair. It's never going to come out. Feel bad for it.
0: Uh, well, that's our last cliffhanger and leads us into episode four. Where
1: the doctor and Zoe try to try their best to lift a
0: polystyrene
1: rock over the other I guy. Know. That was so good because they're trying so hard to make it look like
0: it's very <laughs> heavy and you can just see it moving. Like, no, no, come on. <laughs> <laughs> It always cracks me up when you get that.
2: It's really funny because there's like a few times where I'm like, oh, you did such a good job. And then they like ruin it. <laughs> like I suspended disbelief until I didn't.
1: Well, it's it's difficult because really that stuff is very light. You don't want anybody to get hurt. But at the same time, yeah. that's always funny.
2: It does damage the dinotrope
0: though. You get some kind of liquid pouring out of it. I thought that almost looked um very kind of Prometheus-esque, but without any of the alien related stuff. I think it's at this
3: point where the crotons start spinning their their tops. Yes, literally. <laughs> I, I mean, I agree with Anthony. I thought it. I thought I enjoyed how it looked. It, it was. It was smooth. It was just. It's a little silly. Just a little. I just
1: don't understand. Did Do they ha- are they made of the crystal, but have they have these robot bodies? Or are the pincher
0: things supposed to be part of their actual crystal? I think they were scripted to be entirely made out of crystal. And then Bobby Bartlett just did whatever. Bobby Bartlett decided that he wanted him to look like Awesomeo from the South Park <laughs>
3: episodes. Everyone, everyone's loving the robots with the boxy bodies.
0: Nothing's never been done before. But here's the thing. I think she did a good job on the invasion in particular, but her work is just not good on this story. I don't think the costumes of the gons are good. Mm-hmm. I don't think the croissants look good. She she just she fell off. Yeah. yeah.
1: The gons have kind of a problem that Riley has talked about in an, actually an episode featuring Proto Unit where everyone just kind of looks the same because
2: yeah. they're all dressed yes. exactly
1: <laughs> alike. Except one guy might have sideburns or Welsh teeth, whatever it is, but you have to pay attention. Love the Welsh teeth. <laughs> one
0: day one of these episodes will be called Welsh teeth. <laughs> someday
1: it would
3: have been fun to have the crotons discuss like other alien races that they've used up for you know suck their brains out that would have been i think it would have been really interesting like they could have thrown like a little backstory a little bit of like filling out their their universe it would have been fun
2: well riley they're not really sucking people's brains out just for the sheer fun of it they're doing it to to fly right machine and but but they've o- the only reason why they were draining these brains was because two of their own died.
1: Yeah, they're usually draining their own brain. Brains. <laughs> right, right, right.
2: <laughs> I'm not saying it's an intelligent system, because it's not. <laughs> so, I'd never really get why they need such high brain function when how do... I don't know.
0: Don't ask too many questions.
2: It makes zero sense.
0: My brain um, is not high enough to figure out how the hell that's supposed to
1: work. <laughs> Just- <laughs> <laughs> huh? Then you are safe. I'm (laughs) safe.
2: So, of course, the gons are fighting yet again amongst themselves. And we get the random, random dude gets killed for just standing there. (laughs) It's like, I feel sorry for him. Like red shirt. Oh, poor guy. And so they're left with that choice between send the two high brains in or let them leave and we'll kill you all.
0: Elak is such a dick. He's like, we'll just hand them over. To be fair, I don't really blame him. They don't know these people, and it's an easy win.
1: Okay, you take them, we don't know them, and you leave. Okay, fine.
0: Yeah, but they've kind of already helped the Gons up to this point. Kind of,
1: but he doesn't necessarily know all that they've done. I'm just saying from a numbers standpoint, and from his point of view, if he sends in these two people that he doesn't know, and they've been sending in tons of their best and brightest for years, to no avail... And he can end this whole cycle. Why wouldn't he do it?
2: Also, they kind of kickstarted this whole thing. I feel like, again, if they hadn't have shown up, they would have, Thara would have just been thrown off to the wayside and been like, okay, you just need to shut up now. And they would have smoothed that over and they wouldn't have even started this rebellion. Mm -hmm. So it's on them. They started it.
1: Yeah. We just feel sympathy because, you know, it's it's the doctor and Zoe and they make dude kind of an a-hole. But still, not entirely wrong.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, just before that, though, he's out there accusing Celrus of stupidity due to the deaths that have happened. Yet the plans he was saying would have caused even more deaths than Selris was. I mean, he's 100% playing politics. And
1: Yeah, but they're all stupid. That's the whole point of the race. They're all dumb. They're not giving, giving the guys enough energy to get off the freaking planet. Fair. If they were smart, okay. they wouldn't have this problem.
2: After they're trying to make that decision... The doctor and zoe do try to get to jamie and they do and then they then the doctor says jamie you're getting fat
0: (laughs) i missed that (laughs) i did too
2: oh yeah because it's yeah it's it's when he's like crawling underneath the the door that closed on top of him and he's trying to like wiggle his way out
0: yeah wow i ha i i missed that in i was probably busy trying to scribble something down in my notes so jamie's called that's primitive of no value and then fat
2: Jamie puts up with a lot of bullshit.
0: This, this is the shit on Jamie's story.
2: And it makes me very sad. And also they are going to go to the scientist and Jamie's trying to tell them something but of course they pull another don't listen to Jamie and they send him to the, the scientist and did anyone else get triggered by them having the masks over their faces? A little bit. To- a little bit. <laughs> it, I was just like oh masks I'm very familiar with those. Seems, oh, no. seems
0: about right that we're watching this in, in 2021.
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <sighs> and, the,
1: and the scientist keeps, like, touching the acid because he doesn't know what it is. He keeps <laughs> touching
2: it, and then he says, let's see what happens. We can only blow ourselves yes, up. we
0: can only blow ourselves
1: up.
2: <laughs> oh, my God.
0: <sighs> but, hey, it gives us the opportunity to make jokes about students and, and use of acid. Is In all you really episode. wanted out of this episode? Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, you know, cheap jokes, cheap jokes, guys. We also have Celris uh, with his amazing hero role into the trope as the door is closing. That was very cool, very Shatner-esque,
1: really like unnecessary but pretty awesome.
0: <laughs> I thought it was um, very LeVar Burton. In Star Trek The Next Generation, always rolling under the engineering door as it's coming to a slow close. Love it. But sadly, he does not live long after that.
2: Then we get the Doctor and Zoe against the Crotons again, and he keeps them talking for as long as possible. Because that's what the Doctor does. And I love when he gives the hints that basically tell Zoe, hey, pour the acid into the primeval soup, please. Thank you.
0: I love the the questions that Zoe's asking the Crotons, and they're getting annoyed because they don't have answers, and they're just like, "No more questions."
1: (laughs) For beings that apparently can live forever, they have a disturbing lack of patience. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. They've
2: been there for a thousand years, Don. They just want to go home.
1: Who even knows what state their home is in now? Probably been blown up by Daleks. (laughs) The only thing I do know is it was not taken over by the (laughs) Dominators.
2: Another to note about that so they're trying to get home Were there no other crotons around that were like you know what what happened to our buddies are they okay should we send out a rescue ship
0: been a thousand years <laughs> since we last saw them <laughs> or the other like- crotons
1: hated those guys <laughs> <laughs> and they knew exactly where they
0: were like nope screw them these are not very good crotons this is why they've been gone for a thousand Dude. years stuck on that shithole. <laughs>
2: The Crotons actually killed the two others so that they couldn't get back home.
1: Or the two others killed themselves so those two guys couldn't go
0: home. Got
1: stuck there. That's that's
0: a whole new level of hating your co-workers.
2: (laughs) Oh, boy.
0: I did like the effects of the crotons melting and the dinotrope melting at the end though Mhm mm-hmm. that looked
2: good. I did like that It kind of reminds me of you know when you're watching the Great British Bake off and you have those like chocolate bowls and then you get the hot syrup and you pour it on top and they melt. Oh, yes that's what it looks like.
0: a chocolate dome
2: yes
3: I'm really enjoying the these possible croton alien theories that you guys are coming up with they're, they're much more entertaining and enjoyable than than the serial itself i i can see a dragon con costume for Don. you go as the guy from ancient aliens but just talk about proton theories
0: <laughs> i'll follow him around as a croton <laughs> crotons
1: yes i had to do the hand thing even though no one can see me
0: as this cuts between the action on the Dynotrope and also the action outside, did anyone else think that Jamie looked like he was about to punch Elok at one point?
2: Oh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Okay, I'm glad that wasn't just me. I mean, Jamie's clearly ready to stay and try and save the Doctor and Zoe till the last. I mean, he's so loyal and he is ready to swing. Why he's the best.
2: It is absolutely why he's the best.
0: And at the very, very end... We get the TARDIS crew just sneaking off because the Doctor doesn't like goodbyes. I thought this was like a, a wonderful, like, little callback to the Hartnell era. No big mm-hmm. goodbyes, no soaking up the glory, just sneaking off while everyone else is busy. It is a bit Love of a Doctor it. Who trope. Well,
2: we're yep. done here.
0: And then the the Gons get their happy ending, and hopefully in another thousand years they'll actually be smart.
2: <laughs> I doubt it, but
0: okay. <laughs> As a race... They're well, doomed. I think
2: the scientist might actually end up killing everybody because of the new <laughs> science that he's going to develop.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that dumb. The, the TARDIS crew leaves like five minutes later, another repressive alien race shows up <laughs> just like five minutes later.
0: Let's move on to our scores, and I actually have the privilege of going first this time. This story is not perfect by a long way. There are some, as we've commented, some pretty glaring plot holes. It was clearly done on the cheap, yet... There's still something I find very, very charming about it. I think it's very well layered. There are elements of social commentary, bringing in student riots, apartheid, and I think it almost makes up for itself in those elements. I didn't remember good things about this one from the previous time I saw it, but I just sat there and enjoyed it. It's pacey. I think it's a hint at what Robert Holmes will produce in the future. There are some plot elements, there's a paciness to it that's very Holmesian. For me, this story gets six and a half high brains out of ten. Don. You're up next. Amusingly
1: enough, I both agree and disagree with you. I clearly didn't enjoy this as much as you did, but it's not terrible. There's some good ideas in there. In fact it was that's the most frustrating part is you want to see those ideas explored more and explored better. I think the design of the crotons brings it down as does the, just the overall look of the gons. They're just way too bland. And I think it would have been really amplified the good stuff. If they'd actually had some music in there, it's just, just, I agree. It's just too quiet and it doesn't quite hit where it needs to. Some of the plot elements you're like, you could have either explored that more or left it out, but it's not terrible. In fact, It's frustratingly mediocre. I'm giving it a dead in the middle, five shiny outfits out of 10. Okay, Julie, over to you.
2: So I agree with most of everything that's been said, but the things that I focused on in this whole thing was the direction. You can definitely tell that our good director is really good at what he does with having to work on a very small budget for making things as exciting as he can on what terrible plot that we We get some really great moments with the Doctor and Zoe. We get Jamie while he's on his own. He is actually smarter than the Crotons B. am going to agree with Anthony, and I'm going to give it 6.5 vats of acid out of 10.
3: Last but not least, Riley. I really enjoyed the first two episodes. The setup was really good, but the problem is there's just no depth after it. It's just boxy robots fighting with the Doctor. The characterization of the gons is flat. We don't ha- explore how they would react and how they re- or how they reacted to their entire belief system just blowing up in front of their eyes just hours ago, no uh, discussions about that, no effects of that on their society, just Amelie going into a, a conflict of whether or not to fight the crotons in one way or the other instead of more depth there. It's just, it, it, there's so much there and I agree with Don, there's so much potential here. That is just tossed aside and rushed through. For for such a short, basic story, they, they could have developed more. And that's what's so irritating about it. The, the fact that there's only four episodes instead of six episodes where they fail to develop anything is why I will give it five Croton video games out of 10. I would have given it less if it was a six episode serial and they didn't do anything.
0: Uh, Averaged out, that means that as a group, we've given this story 5.75, second lowest of the season, but over double what we gave the Dominators. (laughs) (laughs) That wraps up our discussion, and we are out of time. We will be back next time around when we will see the return of our favourite reptiles in the form of the Ice Warriors. In the meantime, thank you for listening, and have a good one. You have been listening to Watchers in the Fourth Dimension with Don Smith, Riley Shrek, Julie Philippak, and myself, Anthony Williams. This episode, Gone but Not Forgotten, was recorded on Wednesday, the 3rd of March, 2021. In the meantime, all of our previous episodes are available on your favourite podcasting app. You can interact with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Watchers4D. You can also email us at watchers4d at gmail.com. If you're enjoying the show, please do subscribe and leave us a review or rating on your favourite podcasting app. All three of those things really do help the show. And always remember, if the Dominators taught us the virtues of being stupid, the Crotons teaches us the virtues of being smart. It's that
2: kind of a season.